Yeah. Um, and also, Ed, just before we start, you know, you and I were talking about pure gym. Yeah. I've got the Money Week magazine come through, and it says here, pure gym. Uh, so lockdown has cost budget uh, gym, pure gym, about £500,000 a day. The company's <laughs> boss told BBC... Uh, eight months closures have seen 275 gyms rack up 122 million costs since lockdown begun. Yeah, I saw that article. Terrible. That's devastating. Yeah. For I mean, yeah, okay, I work for the gym group and um, Pure Gym is a competitor, but you don't want that for any business. That's just that's that's ending. That's just unbelievable yeah. that they can yeah. still be at the moment around, but um, just. Still baffles me. I mean, I just don't think their model. I wouldn't have done their model anyway, but especially over lockdown. I mean, someone that Ray and I know, you know, Tino Ray. He, he yeah, pure gym was he was two weeks, two weeks and long. gone. Yeah. Was so. he a, was he a PT or was he like in the management? PT. PT. Yeah. yeah. Their, P, well. their PT model is not as good as the gym group model. Um, mm. and this, this, I mean, how the how pure gym, I mean, they've got more clubs than the gym group, they have aggressively expanded, which is fine when nothing goes wrong in the world. But if you have a financial crash, which obviously happened 2008, whenever it was 2012, or something like this that no one can really predict, it exposes mm. how weak businesses can be. However, what could save them? is borrowing at the moment is so cheaply on the global market. You can borrow money and the repay back is nothing. So they'll probably come through it, but yeah. they've opened branches in places where the gym group wouldn't because there's not enough population to support that particular business model. Mm. I just still, I used to think as well, like when I first started in the fitness industry, when I saw all these pure gyms opening, I was like, there's no way they compete. There's like 10 gyms in this town already. Or yeah. there's like you know, eight gyms here, or you've got two major gyms like Virgin and Gym Group, for example. Like, why do you need a pure gym? But they always seem to smash it. They, Because they, it's so cheap for those first six months, and then the real price comes in. And then actually, the, the price market, I would go, uh, I'll probably spend another 20 quid and maybe go to the local leisure centre where I'll get a swimming pool as well and classes included. Yeah. Or yeah. you go... I could maybe stretch another 15, 20 pounds and then I can go to a Nuffield or a, a Virgin Active and get mm. a lot more for me money. Mm. Uh, location is key with any unit, but it's the same as um, when McDonald's aggressively expands and starts opening up branches that are so close to each other one particular branch, it loses out. And it's, oh, we've dropped revenue because people can go to the other one. So it happens in the gym group when you're actually competing against a gym group club. One opens up three miles down the road and you lose a load of members because that club's nearer to them. So it, no it need doesn't... To go to the other, yeah. No, no need to go to that one. I mean, the company kind of wins overall, but... If you're a manager in that club, you're held accountable for expansion, which is out of your control. Mm. Yeah, literally. Like, do you know what though? It's funny you touched on McDonald's. So, like, I would never. I find this out. Never buy a franchise at McDonald's. I found out that when you buy a franchise from McDonald's, the land that you buy 
goes to McDonald's, you're basically buying the plot of land that the building's on. So then, yeah. so McDonald's makes most of their money from real estate. They're the largest real estate uh, owners in the world, and it's not yeah. burgers that they make their money from. It's real estate. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah. So it's fascinating them, when you look at that. Yeah, yeah, gets really interesting, doesn't it? But anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about, about McDonald's. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about you. Um, yeah, Ed, do you want to just introduce yourself? Um, just quickly to everyone listening out there um thanks brad my name is ed blaber i'm a personal trainer and i have been since uh the end of 2011 i've been a gymnast at county level from a very young age and i performed with blue falcons gymnastics at chelma valley high school in chelmsford essex for about 20 odd years so the joke went from being a blue falcon to a golden eagle um Performed at Military Tattoos, performed at the Birmingham NEC, performed at um, Ellscourt Military Festival, Portsmouth Festival, uh, been on Blue Peter, got a Blue Peter badge! Uh, Guinness World Record holder as well for gymnastics yeah. doing Falcons. Um, I've always been interested in sport. Track was definitely my thing and gymnastics, uh, which mm. naturally progressed to free running uh, just always been doing it before we would identify it as free running or parkour because I was I am old I'm in my 40s um lost me way from fitness at university um always loved drama as well so studied theatre and drama would have loved to have become an actor but it never happened because you realize there's absolutely no money in it less money than PT in <laughs> yeah and uh, also at uni became very very unfit typical student I mean, you guys could probably relate to this. Drinking far too much, eating very unhealthily, uh, late nights, early mornings, no sleep, um, partying stupidly, and came out of university 14 and a half stone, where I went in about 12, and I was very, very fit. It was quite a shock, so getting yeah. fit, found my passion for fitness again. And I never wanted to share my fitness, my, my enjoyment with it with anyone else. That's why I never became a PT there and then. And it wasn't until I'd been fed up with working for other people doing jobs that I hated. I kind of had a eureka moment when, that's it, I'm, I'm going to retrain. It was an advert that popped up. Um, I was sitting in a company that I shall not name. I knew it was coming to an end. And the advert for the, gym, uh, for, uh, the training room popped up. And I was like, I need to find another job. I'm going to do it. I'm so fed up with bosses telling us what to do and actually having no clue, I'm going to become my own boss. It was the best thing ever. Absolutely loved it. Still love being a PT. Um, most of the bills are paid from my employer, the gym group, where I'm an assistant manager. And I love that as well because you could do them both at the same time. But PT is just brilliant for changing people's lives, really giving something back. That is the most yeah. important thing. And you've got a really unique approach to it. I say unique, it's quite... Uh what we call wholesome, you know, not just yeah. into the bodybuilding, pumping iron kind of stuff. A lot more functional training, aren't you? Always been. And that's probably from the gymnastics uh, background, like being able to scratch between my shoulder blades, as most bodybuilders, the running joke, stick a piece <laughs> of paper on their back and they can't do it. But yeah, it's always been practical. Um, movement, quality of life. So my 
I rebranded a few years back. Um, rather than being Ed Blade, a personal trainer, I became Isation Training. And there's another story on that. That could be another time. But ultimately, mm. my yeah. three goals of fitness was um, strength, flex, and endure. You need to be flexible. You need to have strength. You need to be able to endure anything that gets thrown at you. So if it's a, a, a five-mile run or a marathon run, you know, I do like half marathons. I've done the London Marathon and the Chelmsford Marathon. They're hard work. Mm. They take yeah. a lot of time yeah. training. Massively rewarding. Half marathons are better. They're easier to do. They don't hurt so much. But you need to be able to endure. You need strength to be able to run more efficiently. And if you are inflexible, your quality of life diminishes massively. I think a fear of growing old is when people become inflexible. And you don't mm. have to be an older age and inflexible, you can still say very flexible. And gymnastics, I credit that too. Still being able to throw some silly things in the gym, which people turn and go, how can you do that still when you're in yeah. your 40s? Yeah. Well, it's because of the fitness that I credit to my gymnastics. And that background feeds into all the, the kind of calisthetic stuff, the stuff that I love with kettlebells, yeah. finding weird and quirky fitness equipment that you can use yeah i wanted to, to, I wanted to touch upon that forward. at some point your box yeah. of toys <laughs> the legendary <laughs> kit of yeah of tricks oh, it's just so much stuff in there i mean i think one day to get you on just see what's what's in ed's box today <laughs> always got something new as long as it's Pull something magic out of Pandora's box. Is it is it clean, Ed? <laughs> it is, is it clean, Ed? That's what I want to know. It's all clean. Yeah. It's all there, There's a, a universal picture on it. It's not an 18 plus. Okay. It's not that <laughs> Is it Disney? But um, it, 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 it's Disney accredited, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> but from where I was, I've, my PT started for, um, I started my career with Fitness First. And then that club was when Fitness First went went bust. Uh, it was bought as an independent. The gym group was coming into Chelmsford, and I didn't have anywhere to operate. So I worked for a year at the gym group, um, as well as working. That was as a PT at the gym group, as well as working mm. at the independent gym. The independent gym offered a management position to me, which I took. Great fun, learned loads. Only lasted about two years that independent club because it's like we said earlier on, Brad, gyms are so aggressively expanding in towns and cities, they start yeah. cannibalizing people's revenue. So yeah. I went from kind of a mainstream gym to a bodybuilding gym. Now, my box of tricks that I took would freak the bodybuilders out because <laughs> they did not know how to take me. They couldn't understand it at all. And I still mm. remember, they'd laugh at the stuff that I do being functionally fit. And I was just like, do you want to give it a go? No, 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 I can't do that. I, was like, I can chest press. Nowhere near as heavy as you, but you can't do what I do. So surely you yeah. should be paying attention to this and think, at least I should be able to try it and not be scared to step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. This is a big problem with gym culture, I'd say, and like, especially in sort of uh, commercial gyms, especially when you've got a group of people. And they are doing things. I keep knocking bodybuilding, but I'm just going to use it as the punching bag for this. But when you have like a group of bodybuilders who will look and think that their sport is superior and they'll look at people. I mean, do you remember when I used to do the calisthenic stuff as well? You get the group of people just standing there watching. Not yeah. out of awe, which would be nice, but just, what are you doing? Why aren't you 
bent over Owen, why aren't you that pull down and you know? It's because it scares them. Mm. It scares them uh, because I think maybe is there a little bit of internal monologue when they go, I can't do any of that, but I'm the alpha male in here because I'm I'm huge, so I can't let my weaknesses be exposed. Because let's yeah. face it, most yeah. bodybuilders, you know, it's not they're not natties. Um, no, traps give it away straight away. Mm. And as I've, we spoke about this before, Brad, if you're honest with it, I pre- I have total um, appreciation for a bodybuilder who's honest with what they yeah. do. Yeah. Don't yeah. lie about it, because if you lie about it, I'll just look at you and go, you're a liar, so I can't trust you. Because it's obvious. But um, it's frustrating because the general public don't see that. So they'll pick no. the PT that's, you know, oh, you're big, you're in shape, you know what you're doing. Yeah, look at you. You're the size of you. You must be great. Yeah. No, that person's yeah. a really good chemist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's the same. Ryan and I spoke yeah. about this as well. When you get, you know, boob jobs, butt jobs as well. And then they go, <laughs> right, check out my booty workout. It's like, you're not going to get a boat. You, you can't seriously sell that to people. You know, yeah. you've got a uh, fake, you've got a fake butt and then you're saying to people, do my booty workout. It's, in, it's crazy. It's all misleading. And it, yeah. that is being pushed on young, impressionable, I won't say uh, children and teenagers, because at any age you can be impressionable. You know, mm. you, you see something and you buy into it straight away because aesthetics in our industry, sadly, is the biggest thing that sells it. I mean, I know I've known you for a while, Brad, and I know your qualifications and I respect your qualifications mm. more than a muscle Mary because of you've got it on paper. So, well, you know, I know you know what you're doing because I can see that and you can demonstrate that to me. But just because you're yeah. the biggest person in the gym doesn't mean you're going to be able to get me to be the biggest person in the gym. You might actually yeah. hurt me yeah. because you yeah. really know what you're doing. And there's two points that I think the first one is like um, that I I think I've definitely fallen victim for that as well. Though. Even though, like you say, I've got all these qualifications, I still sit there and go, you know, I want to get a bit bigger now. I want to do just because you sit there and go, well, if he's getting all these clients because he's big, why should I be doing my calisthenics, for example, when I could just get big as well, you know? And that's yeah. the, even the PTs then sort of fall into that. I mean, luckily I didn't, but, you know, I almost sort of sacked it all in just to, get big so I can do PT, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can't remember what my second point on was that. Oh, yeah, but the other does, thing as well. Sorry, go on, mate. No, that's all right. I was going to say, you touched on it upon it earlier as well with uh, sort of the bodybuilding stuff. Like, um, you know, do you not see uh, that a lot of what you do sort of exposes weaknesses? I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like, do you tend to focus on exposing weaknesses with clients? If there's a weakness you've got to look at it and think there is a cause for concern that that could lead to a, an injury that could become a long-term injury. And then you're looking at your quality of life is massively diminished. So, I mean, you, if you're doing anything juicing, the muscles are going to grow so aggressively. Tendons and ligaments don't keep up. The chance of you being injured is so through the roof. So growing naturally. So you're, bodily tissues can grow at the same time to support your muscle mass and still have range of motion I think is so much more important than just oh, I look great in a shirt on a Friday night yeah but there's um, no longevity to that but, yeah. no longevity yeah but what I do you like the same with your your PT you can analyze and see potential areas of concern with the client and 
build a constructive program to reduce that um, possibility of that becoming an, an injury that they're going to deal with for the rest of their days. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of my ladies who's near her 70s, she came to me with a frozen shoulder. Now, I knew what I needed to do. I went away and did more research. And the training that we did, I managed to resolve that frozen shoulder. She got a great range of motion back. We started to help even turn around her early onset uh, diabetes. She was a uh, pre-diabetic. Now, you could. Now, obviously, this is jumping the gun. Would a bodybuilder that just knows how to juice be able to help someone like that? No, yeah. no chance. Possibly. I don't reckon. But possibly not. But then you could go in defense, the bodybuilder go, you're not my target client, I won't work with you. Is that just because they don't know how to work with them? Yeah. But the thing is as well is uh, I think, again, you hit another point on here, is that, again, I appreciate PTs who just said, I don't know what I'm doing in that case. Because Ryan and I spoke about it, so you get PTs who will go up to you. I mean, especially when I used to work in the gym groups, I used to work as a therapist rather than a personal trainer. You know, I tried to do both, you know. Um, but I'd have PTs going up to me, just going, oh, this guy, he's got, like you say, like a frozen shoulder. I'm like, well, how do you know that? Like, you, are you qualified to make a diagnosis? And you've now put it in your client's head that they've got this yeah. injury. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, and before I was there, you know, was you getting these people trying to diagnose the injuries themselves? Like saying to people, well, you know, you've got this, go check it out or go Google it or something, you know? You're not qualified and to the, do it. That's also, is that a reflection on the quality of PTs that are coming into the market because of the training they get? To me, it was simple. You are not a GP. Yeah. If someone comes to you with a problem, the simple answer is go to your doctor. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't assess this lady had a frozen shoulder. She told me she had been diagnosed with a frozen yeah, shoulder. Right. I was like, right, yeah. okay. We, we will do the work that we need to do to rehabilitate you as best as I possibly can. And I also know if, if I reach a roadblock, I said, right, you need to go and also see X, Y, and Z because they are qualified and they may be able to benefit you even more. Mm. But just touch upon that, just um, for reference, you've got a level three in sports massage, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, I've got a diploma in uh, sports massage, yeah. So it was. I was starting to just get a bit unchallenged with being level three there was nothing coming into the the continued professional development and i saw an opportunity really from people talking about it. we just lost that was it we'd lost the sports physio at the club i was working at it was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do some more research and i did a, a 20 module online course i won't say i'm anywhere near as qualified as you or anybody else out there but it's given me a foundation of knowledge yeah. So I, I have a basic qualification, um, but it, I would still, first and foremost, go, go see your GP. Yeah. At least Ray, you're I'm, honest. Yeah, Ed, like, but there's, I suppose you're sort of touching on what you said before. There's a lot of nowadays PTs, which ain't their fault of them because probably because of the pandemic, there's a lot of courses now that are, I call them the kind of fast track courses where they're, oh, I've become a PT in three weeks or I've become a sports massage therapist in one weekend because there's absolutely loads of those close. There's weekend courses. There's absolutely, there's loads of them now. There's there's tons of them. You can't track them down because there's so many. 
So if someone says they're a level three, you can't really tell if they've done it in the weekend or not. I mean, I've had CVs come across my desk where people have done the become a PT for £200 <laughs> qualification. Okay. And that qualification is worth spit. And we just say, sorry, you're, you're not qualified. You need to go to these particular yeah. people to get qualified. Uh, and if you want to work in this industry, that's going to get yeah. you nowhere. Um, mm. it, I suppose, but then you get qualified and it's like when you learn how to drive a car. Remember my driving instructor said, right, you've passed the test. Now you're going to spend the next two years learning how yeah. to drive. It's yeah. always improving your ability and pushing your understanding. So I know that as I've got a level three, I scratch the surface. I know this much, but now I know in the PT world, I'm actually quite stupid because there's a lot more for me to learn. And I mm. understand what I've done before. There's even more for me to learn. So I'm not getting cleverer. I'm getting more stupid. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> As you realise, it is endless. Yeah. It never yeah. stops. It I think this is the thing. Is the, more you, the more you know, yeah. the less you know. You know. Yeah, that's... Always, now, always creates more questions. Ray, are you... Do you did you go to university, yes, Ray? Yes. Um, so, a bit of that about me, yeah. obviously, people with body compass. But, so, I met Brad um, a few years back. Um, at gym group in Colchester, so I I'm trained as I did a sports science degree, bachelor honours at Suffolk University, um, and also I did um, uh, I it's called an iTech course, um, which is supposed to be one of the higher sort of branded sports therapy courses because my course was sports therapy and sports massage rehabilitation injuries, so. Mine one was done over a summer period, not a few weeks, like a couple of weeks. So it's the one day it was the last semester um, last year. And they said, who guys, who wants to do, you know, a sports massage course, but it's going to take your whole summer. So I said, right, it's cheap. It's cheap. It costs you a lot of money to do it normally. They said, but get your discount. Um, I thought it'd really go well with my sports science degree. So I thought it was, it's yeah. that understanding from going off to university. I think you really appreciate yeah. the more you know, the, the you realise yeah. the less you know. It opens up yeah. your mind to just how much knowledge yeah. there is out there. It's never ending. But I was going to touch on a point earlier, which was about the PT quality, like we were saying. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah. Ray, you've now done your level, level two. two. Yeah. I mean, I, but are you done that after you've done your yeah. sports science degree, right? Did you find that the course content, I mean... For me personally, I've done my level three uh, personal training alongside my uni degree, and I just found that I could see them side by side, and the content they were putting out, PT qualification I was doing, I won't name it, was just nowhere near. I mean, I know it wasn't university standard, but it was just dire. Like, it just wasn't, yeah. I wouldn't be happy qualifying that <laughs> if it's, I, if I a, own the course. It's a strange thing. I mean, I, I did. Although I went off to, when I went to university, I did theatre studies and communications. My, I did A-level PE alongside A-level theatre studies. So it was yeah. always about yeah. movement and being able to be physically fit for the extreme theatre that I like doing. But I did A-level biology as well. Didn't see it through to the end, but I did enough modules to know anatomy and physiology. So when I mm. sat down from my level three, it was revision. But there were some people in my course that were fresh out of GCSE and they were struggling. So it kind of, I don't want to belittle the, the course that I've taken because it was clearly challenging for where you mm. were at that time. 
the bit that I challenge the most about my course and any other course that I've seen, they don't teach no, you business. Everyone. And I was to just, be a personal no, trainer, yeah, yeah, to be a personal trainer, you are an entrepreneur. You need to be able to market yourself, sell yourself, do your books. You know, mm. you need to be accountable for yourself. You need to motivate yourself to get up and find the business. And they don't the even tell anything. you. They don't even tell you no. that you that you're going to be self-employed. They almost no. put it out that you're going to yeah. get a job at a gym. The hysterical thing that I experienced when I'd become qualified, because the, uh, the training room was uh, working with Fitness First. So every six weeks, you'd have a new cohort come through. And there was one chap in his late 20s, and he'd been a builder all of his life. And his mates had said, you'll be great as a PT. And he was like, yeah, I really want to do it. And it was about his third week, he sat down, and he, he had just this hauntly face on him. And I was like, you're right. He said, I just found out I don't get paid unless I'm... I'm working i'm self-employed i don't get paid for it i was like you've been self-employed as a, bi- a builder all your life how did you not know that but is that just a reflection of what these training providers will tell you on the phone to sell you a place on the course they're yeah. in business themselves to make money and mm. while you know i am in the business to massively help people i am still also in the business of business you need to make money otherwise yeah. why are you working yeah and it is i mean for both you especially you've got kids you've got families you've got houses you know so it, it can be a big risk for new personal trainers especially when they go i mean i was just i thought i was going to be the dog's bollocks when i came out of university i had a university degree i had uh college i had like my level two and my level three went in and I had no one. And even when I transferred to Chelsea as well, it didn't win it. It took me a while to start picking up clients because I just thought, because I had a degree, I'd be the busiest. You know, I, think I remember you, Brad- you used to pull me in quite a lot, didn't you? Like with James, yeah. and you say the whole thing belly to belly with, what was it, 20 people? 20 people, like yeah. Belly to belly, mm-hmm. 20 people every day, you'll get at least two, two deals. But mm-hmm. I think that's the problem nowadays. One, not necessarily with our education system, university, you do get institutionalized. I certainly did to thinking, you know, everything at that young age and you'll walk out, especially my generation. You're kind of almost lied to go to university. You walk out into a middle management job of at least 30 to 35 grand as your (laughs) first job. And that's a Mm. huge lie. That's (laughs) That's a a huge lie. Um, I'm still (laughs) waiting on that. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't we all, buddy? I still play the lottery (laughs) for those reasons. (laughs) But it's it's not all about money. We need to make money to pay for the bills and and being able to afford other luxuries. But massively, if you're not in PT to change people's lives for the better, you shouldn't be a personal trainer. I agree. You know, you're there to help people, make them better at their chosen sport. If they're an elite sport, sports person, um, rehabilitate them or just get someone you know to help them lose a couple of stone if that's what their goal is they want to dress mm. nice for a wedding I always say to a lot of my clients I prefer training females ladies listen ladies want to learn guys think they know everything generally oh, yeah, oh, a, lot of back chat. a lot of back chat and also ego as well I find a lot of the time when you train someone they can't quite get that last rep rather than going yeah. oh man that was tough they'll be sitting there going oh just I don't know 
woke up an hour early because of the cat. Or Do you know what I mean? Like, I was tired today because of blah, blah, blah. Like, just say that it was hard, man. Like, that's the point. It's supposed to be hard. And that's the thing. I mean, you, you make it challenging. But I always say, make it fun. If you're not going to enjoy your fitness, there's no way yeah. they're going to come back to it. I mean, yeah. any monkey can make someone throw yeah. up. You can make anybody throw up by True. training them into the ground. That's not no. personal training. You know, there was um, an article that no, it was a news interview I heard with a, with a premiership football player and he was coming to the end of his career and they were saying, did you prefer it in the old days when you'd go out and they'd run you to the ground till you threw up or now? And he was like, no, now they'll take my blood glucose level in the morning. They know how well I've recovered. So if I've only recovered 70%, they're only training me to 70% of my max capacity. There's so yeah. much more science yeah. knowledge out there now to make um, elite personal, uh, elite sports or individuals so much better at what they do when then days gone by, it was, you know, run until you throw up. Yeah, and this is what, this is basically what race studies yeah. do, this is what race yeah. studies, isn't it? It's like, just, like that's, you know, I mean, I was very, very fortunate um, sort of just briefly touching on what I did at uni. So, yes, like you said, just helping people, but I was probably, considering it wasn't an elite uni um, compared to the others, um, Loughborough being one of them, um, we were very, very fortunate. Um, mm. We had an internship program. Uh, we had um, we were given the opportunity to test and help train um, England elite athletes from um, England's women rugby, the ones the the current the former sevens team that won the bronze at the com- at the Olympics. Uh, Amy Hardy Wilson, who now our class as a friend on um, Instagram who we chat to and worked with a really amazing athlete. Uh, Eddie Hall, he come to the uni, uh, talked to, talked about how he performed his um, half ton lift and the training that went into it. Um, he, Isn't he boxing uh, now? That's he's boxing right. He's boxing the, the mountain. So he's training it? now. Um, so he's cutting weight yeah. and, um, but trying to just balance power and strength and speed. So, yeah, very, very fortunate. And training the elite, like you said, sort of like beasting someone into the ground. Anyone could do that. Anyone can go on YouTube and just beast somebody. That's different to, you know, being either a personal trainer. Or yeah. right a number on a whiteboard. 20,000 reps. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are probably, I don't want to, you know, put them down, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a CrossFit community and, you know, you see a lot of people and they go, yeah, I've done these wad today and but yeah you're doing this wad but why are you doing this wad you're technically diabolical um mm. i often get i think brad there'll be one person he will stay stay nameless but you'll know who i'm talking about would mock me would always call me oh you're a crossfitter and i was like no i'm not a crossfitter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can't I crossfit they don't execute things with great technique to me if it's technically flawed, I wouldn't count yeah. it as a rep. So yeah. that's the gymnastic training in me. I yeah. like technically correct because if you're more technical, you're also safer. And the CrossFit stuff they do is diabolical. I love yeah. their body weight stuff. Um, mm. I, I just think that's brilliant. Murph, Google it, anybody. Have a look at Murph. Try that one. It's so Murph's much tough. fun. Yeah, Murph is tough. And it's a good chat, self challenge that one. It's a good self challenge that it, one. You do that six it weeks. It's a really, really good workout to do. So some of the CrossFit stuff, 
you know, I wouldn't fault it. But a lot of the stuff that you will see on YouTube is horrendous. Um, the biggest problem I find with CrossFit, though, is when you go into a box gym and then you, you go and you do it and then someone gives you their workout, whatever you're doing, the wads of the day, and it's uh, snatches and cleans and overhead squats and blah, blah, blah. Then you go three days later and it's snatches and cleans and over and you're like, right, no wonder everyone's got shoulder injuries, knee injuries. But yeah, you're doing the same movement over and over. There was, um, I think, one of the stupidest wads I'd ever seen. It was a hardcore workout. And at the end of it, it had run with a 20-kilo uh, med ball over your head on a treadmill for 800 metres. Yeah. Just the most ball. stupid thing ever. And that always made me laugh, and I can understand why people give cross CrossFit so much jip. <laughs> I would have said a ruder word there because of stuff like that. That's and that's right, stupid. Don't worry, this is an explicit podcast. You can tell it you so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll add the rest of that bit. At the end of it, it actually had, it had 800 fingers with a 20 kilo med ball above your head. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, how stupid this is. Um, a load of people walk into the gym and oh, look out on, as you said, on YouTube, on Instagram. Great. So, tell you when you're doing it wrong. And that's the project that I've done in lockdown. I thought about it in the first one and I had the butt kind of kicked by myself to do it in lockdown. We start a YouTube for kettlebells, demonstrating kettlebells for how they should be used through the three planes of, of movement. So you've got your sagittal, mm. your transverse, and your, your front movement pathways. Loads of mm. stuff on YouTube just uses a kettlebell as a dumbbell. Yeah. And it's such a waste. Yeah, yeah so I'll even talk about this, yeah. Sorry, who's, so, who's got the background noise for a second? That's cutting out. Sorry. <laughs> Science cutting out for a second. I hear loads of noise. Don't need it, Cutting it out. Right, uh, Ed, is that on your side, mate? I don't think that's on my I'm side. I'm upstairs in the back cave, so it's definitely not me. <laughs> there are a lot right then. I don't know. Yeah, I can hear it on mine as well. I'll be right. Someone's hacked your podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got someone else in there. <laughs> I'll be all right. I'll cut that bit out. Sorry, mate. Do you want to just uh, say it again? Do you say about your kettlebells on YouTube? Yeah, so my the, the kettlebells that we've set up, me and my business partner, who was is a client of mine and inspired her, and she's retrained. She's gone through that whole fitness journey of being very, very unfit, being 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 strong. Um, we wanted a one give two lockdown, but two potentially to take it somewhere massive in the YouTube to become a YouTuber and start earning money from it. There was nothing we could find that would use kettlebells to how they can be used through different planes of motion, uh, different planes of movement. Um, we give tutorials from cutting out all the personal trainer talk, just communicating to people who aren't trainers, who don't understand physiology and anatomy. So we break it down so anybody can understand it. And we just like this podcast. We don't script, we just record off the cuff. We know what exercise we're doing and we just go for it. And we have a laugh and want to enjoy it and that come across to people that are watching it. 
And I, I know people that are doing it and are really enjoying it, which is great. That's part and parcel of why I want to do it. If it becomes monetized, <laughs> woohoo, even better. But it, yeah, well, I'd say, Ray, you've not done you've not done Ed's kettlebells, man. I'm telling you, these things are next level. Like put fans around them. Oh, I love sport, that. Basketball. You know, I love fans. Crazy. You know, I love fans and a kettlebell. So, yeah. Oh, they are Crazy. great fun when you band your yeah. kettlebell. Do you want to just um, just for people at home? What's, what's the benefit of a kettlebell? What's the benefit of a kettlebell compared to a dumbbell? You are just getting more bang for your buck. So you are working your cardiovascular system. You're working uh, strength conditioning. You improve um, your manual dexterity. You can coordinate better from your left hand and your right hand because of single hand movements. Hey, it's fun. That's the most important thing. So. I think there's seven points from what kettlebells do, but so many people that are, oh, I want to get fit, but yeah. I hate running. Well, don't run then. We'll find something that's going to get your cardiovascular working. And at the same time, let's do something that's going to burn body fat and build muscle. Wow, what's that? That's called kettlebells. Mm. You, no one ever you, thinks to use it. No, you can achieve so much with a kettlebell. Don't get me wrong. I love lifting weights. Absolutely. I do love chest pressing. I love deadlifting. But it's not as nearly no, as much no fun way. as you can have with a kettlebell. You know, a full snatch with a kettlebell from dead overhead. Um, 32 kilos I can do. I haven't done it in a while. It would probably scare me now because I'm a bit <laughs> locked down out of shape. But yeah, I've got a flat. One of the things I used to do, Brad, when I first came to PT, a guy that I trained, he was a cheeky butler. And he said to me, oh, butler's in the buff. And he said mm. to me, yeah, you could do this. So for two, three years, I was a cheeky butler. And you're walking around with a tiny little penny on, your bum hanging out. It's absolute mental fun at these wedding venues. Well, they're not weddings. They're the hen -dos. But it was like, yeah. whoa, how many crunches do you do? I don't do crunches. I do kettlebells. All yeah. the time, you must do thousands of yeah. crunches. No, nope. because people I forget that them. you're when you're yeah. doing that, whether it's the American single arm swing or UK, there's so many variations now, isn't it? You're thrusting from the hip, aren't you? And then yeah. you've got so many variations of if you're on your knees and performing a halo, you've got to engage that core. It's like you said, there's so many variations, yeah. and yeah, like I know so many people that. Do kettlebells prefer? Well, there's a the community is getting bigger. I mean, God's sake, the MMA guys put they train kettlebells only, so that just says it. Mm. And I can understand why. There was a couple of lads, identical twins. They were brilliant to train from the whole sports science bit. One of them liked doing heavy legs, and the other one didn't. The one that did the heavier legs, like big deadlifting and squats, he was bigger, but they were identical twins. Now, I trained them on kettlebells, and at the time, I only had uh, an 8 yeah. kilo and a 12 kilo. Yeah. And they looked at these kettlebells, and I was like, yeah. really? I went, trust me, guys. What you want, what you told me, you want to get bigger, you want to get faster. Yeah. And I absolutely destroyed them. They could Ooh. not believe how much this challenged them. So, well, when you're static and you're just chest pressing, how is that beneficial Nothing. to you on the rugby field, guys? respond you need your point-to-point -point training really quickly and they loved it i trained them for um well so probably about 20 30 sessions so i did like a session a week with them 
and mm. they um, phenomenal amount. But I had so much fun with them, just blowing away what people think that kettlebells will do for you yeah. against normal weight training. Yeah, because again, I think a lot of it is, um, and I'm not um, sort of judging anyone that uses a kettlebell, but like you say, people do use it wrong. And especially the kettlebell swing, the most famous of all, you see so many people do it in a way that they're almost just doing a stand in front raise rather than swinging oh, yeah. the kettlebell with momentum, you know? Um, and I think I that's think... the biggest thing with kettlebells. You need to use it predominantly as a way of basically fighting fighting itself against momentum. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people do kettlebell swings without hip pins. So basically all they've been doing is smashing cast iron balls <laughs> into their balls and you're like what are you doing you're either into yeah. some serious kinky shit fella smashing your nuts with a kettlebell and this is where you say like earlier on egos in gyms it's really hard for professionals like ourselves to go and talk people and show them that there is a better way or an alternative way because of, oh, i don't know what i'm doing mate it, they yeah. get people get offended when you try and golden nugget and this guy didn't respond to any stimuli at all it was just like they said i'll do it he's whacking his nuts to death <laughs> he must have had pancake balls but i mean you say about the ego though, i've had it with um therapy clients where they come they want their massage you then give them the rehab you bring them back down into the gym they're like why are you giving me rehab and it's like uh you need to do the rehab you need to do the exercises yeah. to stop this from getting worse you know, and they won't yeah. have it because they're sitting there going, well, I'll be like, right, so you need to focus on, like, I don't know, scapular attraction, for example. Yeah. Be like, but I do back day. It's not the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's not yeah. the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Or oh, do it twice a week then. Jeez, just get out of my sight. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But look, with 45 minutes into this, I only spoke about your Blue Peter yeah, badge or your Guinness World yeah. Record. Let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk my, about uh, this. So, Blue Peter, that was 1993. Brad, were you born then? Probably not. Jesus I was Christ, born in I feel, like, I feel older. Oh, now. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1993, Jumma uh, Valley needed to raise some money to buy a new minibus. And the Blue Falcons came to a crazy idea to do a 24-hour non-stop bolt. Uh, mm. And it was three teams rotated round and... We got invited on, obviously we asked them, to Blue Peter to help demo what we were doing and raise publicity about it. It was brilliant fun, first time going into Elstree Studios, BBC, because the illusion of television, it looks massive, it's really a small studio. Um, yeah. that, um, I think it was Tim Vincent, um, Diane, somebody, and uh, I can't remember the other, but two ladies and Tim Vincent. And it was great fun because even they watching us, they were fascinated with the gymnastics that we were doing. Um, and then the Guinness World Record, that was 2006 uh, in mm. Chelmsford, back square. And that was a team of 10, which I was one of them. One apparatus, so it was a buck. I think it was about one metre 60 or one metre 70 high. And it was just constant vaulting bang, 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 for an hour, non-stop vaulting. We've got it to, like, military position. So if, if someone needed to rest out, they could rest out for one cycle, filter back into the same place. The person behind them would rest. So everyone got a recovery stage, 
and it meant basically we didn't have three or four people out at one time where the ones in would have to work even harder. Five six hundred and something volts that we do wow, still stands to today. So it's been who, who can do the most volts in an hour. How big does the team have to be? Ten. I'm just thinking 10. if I get a team, yeah, yeah, we'll really start yeah. training, Brad. Anyway, <laughs> it was literally not. <laughs> we did train a long time for it Two as well. It was rough. all the coordination of the said where someone rested. It was just literally vault, 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 vault constantly. It was brilliant yeah. fun. Uh, we were raising money for a good charity as well. Um, what, I love doing stuff to raise money for charity because you're giving something back. London Marathon, I ran for Tommy's because uh, sadly mm. my, my nephew, he was stillborn. We wanted to do mm. something to give back. And that I don't think I ever would have run a marathon if it wasn't yeah. for something like that driving me to succeed. Because they are hard work. They're massively yeah. rewarding and it changed my life. Um, but oh, if you're going to do something like that, definitely charity-wise, race some money. Which, ironically, Movember, which I support as well, growing the tash is harder because <laughs> I look like such a prick with a tash on. I was, was, was going to say, <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, Ed, but you do look <laughs> like you should be on a register when you, when yeah. you do Movember. <laughs> and in Lederhosen, yeah, dodgy. I am very dodgy. <laughs> um, but anything physical that's going to hurt you physically, I was like, now give me that any day over having to grow a tash. Yeah, that's really bad. But yeah. I, the good thing I like about uh, men's health, it does raise the profile of things that guys can't talk about. They feel, yeah. you know, yeah. and is it that ego thing, the alpha male, where you can't talk about testicular cancer or prostate cancer or mental health issues? I think the world is a lot better now that we feel yeah. more open and free that we can do. And it doesn't mean that you're you're weak. It, I, it means you're a stronger person for mm. going to... Go to the doctors, have a check, you know, any lumps, do them. I, I've been, okay. I've been to the doctors because I found a lump is okay. But at the same time, if I hadn't have checked and I found a lump, would it yeah. be too late? You know, yeah. you need to look after yourself and feel so that, that you can't. Yeah, I think as well, like, it does sort of highlight another part of health in itself you know um and i think a lot of the time i i still don't know whether it should be gym's responsibility to be teaching this part of health but um i do like i'm talking mental health and just general well-being you know because a lot of the time with gyms i mean yes there is a general well-being side and yes one of the side effects benefits is that you know you feel better after training it can help with mental health but do you feel like it's lacking at all or do you think it shouldn't be placed in a gym to be I to to kind of regulate a gym that it has to do a mm. government's job, where that needs to be the education system from a very young age. I mm. don't think school sports programs are nearly good enough. I ironically didn't really like sports at school when we did PE because they did sports I hated. I don't like football, so I don't want to play it. Don't like tennis don't like playing it. I hate cricket. But yeah. those are the same sports that everybody did. Yeah. I went I went into Chelmer Valley years ago and I delivered a six-week 
um, physical fitness course to, I think it was year nine, and they were the girls of year nine that hated PE, massively mm. hated it. And I went in and did boot camp, and I, you know, used tires and ropes and had a great laugh with them. I thought it was funny that I'm teaching uh, a PE class when the <laughs> PE teachers weren't qualified to do it because I'm a level two, level three instructor. That's the funny. PE teachers weren't qualified. But at the end yeah. of it, the teacher said, Every single one of those girls loved it. They really enjoyed what you did. And I was like, well, yeah, because it's training them to be fit and healthy and have fun with it rather than do a team sport. Not everyone likes Mm. team sports. So I do think it's the responsibility of the education system to actually teach people about the importance of exercise, the endorphins that it releases, that it is massively beneficial for mental health. And at the same time, you can start teaching and educating young, impressionable boys and girls. If you get on juice, there is a huge pitfall from doing steroids. Mentally, Mm -hmm. the addiction levels and also the physical damage. Definitely. I think that um, I'll sort of, um, picking up on what Uh, you just said there, um, Ed, regarding that, because I watched the documentary of Reggie Yates. um, It was in Essex, funny enough, and they the stats came out apparently where the one of the biggest users of steroids in the south of England. Yeah. Oh, I watched that actually. Yeah, yeah. it was on that BBC Iplay, really, really, really good, good documentary. Much. That was really scary. And some of them that um, died as well, that were, they were really young. And he sort of like spoke about how mentally, what was it? What was the reason? And it was what you said. It was about you know, the two canoes look going to the pub. It was, so it's not even for us. I don't yeah. advocate it's for, for sport, but it wasn't even for a sporting reason. It was basically, do I look good in the shirt? It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And the, it, but it, does, it doesn't help when you've got like, I mean, Ed, you've got the, you've bought it for the 5150 Rich Piana, right? It doesn't help when you've got someone like Rich Piana, those of you who don't know, was a massive roid head. I mean, his products are good though, like his pre-workout does give you a buzz. But, you know, you've got someone like him who's got a YouTube channel, he's got all these different products, he's got merchandise, and everyone wants to be like him. Because Isn't he, he was, dead? <laughs> he, he is dead. He is dead. He died. And this is they found because of his huge addiction to substances, not just... They, um, they found steroids. a load of steroids in his system, okay. and apparently they found loads of cocaine too. Right. So his heart Definitely. just... So, but again, you know, people still idolise him. Yeah. And there was another guy called Zeus as well, who I knew, and when, uh, who, when I was at university one of uh, my flatmates started taking steroids because he was like, oh, I want to look like Zeus. And then he was like, literally not even in the beat of a heartbeat. He was like, oh, rest in peace, Zeus. But still want to look like him. So I'm gonna... And I'm like, are you serious, man? Like The dude's yeah, just the died in taking steroids. But the, this, but... Is a, this is a problem with the industry because yeah. PTs feel that they need to be the biggest person to get classes. It inspires mm. people to train with them because, oh, look at how big you are. And then it starts coming in. Uh, oh yeah, no, get if you want to get really big, get on the juice. So it becomes it's a most critical mass where more people are doing mm-hmm. it. It seems to be more acceptable. People don't do the research and see the pitfalls of it, and there are lives that are being lost needlessly, all to look good in that shirt on a Friday night. Yeah, and that's all due to social pressure yeah. rather than 
someone making a conscious choice that I've looked, I've assessed, I've assessed the risks. I mean, you shouldn't do it anyway, but you know, they've made that choice themselves. Whereas yeah. I feel like a lot of people, it's just, I'll be all right, mate. Just take it. I'll do it with you. It'll be fine. You know, that's the problem with human nature though, Brad, everyone thinks that they are indestructible. Mm. No one thinks that it will happen to them. It will happen to somebody else. And yeah. that is one of our biggest problems. Drive too fast in your car. Oh, it's other people that crash. It's not me. Or, yeah. you know, partying a bit too hard. Oh, it's other people that you read about. It won't happen to me. Well, unfortunately, mm. it does happen <laughs> to people, and we are people. Um, it, it frustrates me massively mm. that it's just that quick fix world that we live in now. It's too easy to get something instantly. And that desire to have it instantly, does that drive people to do steroids? I mean, I've had people in the gym approach me and they are NHS nurses. That's ridiculous. And they've spoken about getting on the gear. And I'm I'm just like, you of all people should know better. And what he was saying, it was because of he saw these people around him that were looking really good. He had body confidence issues. He wanted to fix it as quickly as he possibly could. And I could see where the conversation was going. He wanted to kind of, speaking to me as the trainer, wanted trainers to say, I'm not the right person for you. I don't know enough about it. All I know is don't do it. Mm. And a couple of weeks later, I saw he got on it and it wasn't doing him any good. Didn't see him very much after that in the gym. So there were other issues that he needed to answer rather than just get on the gear and get big. Yeah. <clears throat> I just think, Ed, do you think it's kind of like yeah. uh, if we sort of like still ca- carry on this sort of touching on this subject with, I think where people see that, yes, it's a mental issue, they're probably low in self-confidence, but like you said, it's the quick fix route and people still even now, and they know it's nutrition, they still, which is gets my goat, they don't want to do that either. They feel that I'll just train myself, it, I'll be yeah. fine. So if I just train hard, it will be either, I'll get a quick fix from the roids. Um, there's no, Nutrition is nothing to do with it. And, 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 and it, or instead of the nutrition, supplements do help, of course, um, when you're elite level. Um, <laughs> just so kind of depending on, there's a lot of, I'd say, gym goers, I'm not saying everyone does, but that lack of knowledge of where they'll have some protein, creatine, whatever, mix it up, and you'll ask them, why are you taking it? Because it'll make me big. That's that's the answer. Yeah. And then even on the extreme flip side of the stupidity that exists out there, I heard one story in the gym, there was some lad that, (laughs) <laughs> got on gear so he stopped doing protein shakes and he, he thought oh, I'm doing it so I'll get big I won't need these protein shakes and you're like just the basics of proteins and the building blocks for muscles yeah and yeah. that reflects yeah. how bad it is out there how much the level of stupidity oh, I've got on the gear so I don't need to eat properly actually mm. if you're going to get on the gear you probably need to sleep better than anybody else you need to drink a lot more water than else you need to stop yeah. caffeine you need to stop alcohol you've yeah, got it you, you need to be on point you need because the thing is is you know we class them as anabolic steroids because anabolic yeah. is about the recovery and that's what people forget anabolic 
state is a state of recovery, which is sleep and nutrition. It is your rest mm. and digest stage. And people just think that means I can train harder in the gym and I can, you know, beast it more. I've had clients who, I, I don't even have to ask them. I know they're on steroids and they're sitting there going, oh, my elbow, my knee, my back. It's just like, okay, what have you done? How, how much have you trained this week? 12 times, you know, obviously exaggerating. But, you know, again, they just, yeah. as soon as they're on steroids, they think they're indestructible. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so it's it's a mass worry. But let's talk about your diet, Ed. I know uh, yep. you and I have banned sometimes about my <laughs> grass grazing habits. <laughs> hey, I know where that's, that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> I was raised, so I'm a bit outnumbered here. But yeah, I mean, like, just talk for a typical diet for you. Um, I, I eat my meat and I eat my vegetables. I have a balanced diet. I haven't got a problem, really, if anyone wants to choose to be vegetarian or whatever, it just annoys me when you get people that preach, get on their high horse and tell you oh, what man. they do <laughs> is much better than what you do. And I'm helping save the planet by by not hurting Ooh. animals and being a vegan. And you go, uh, that avocado that you've got in your hand, where, where's that avocado grow? Oh, where did that oh, come I, from? I, I the avocados. Hate avocados. <laughs> I don't, yeah, the avocado thing is the worst thing. This pisses me off so much, this avocado thing. Because it's hysterically true, though, isn't it? I'm saving the world. No, you're not. Yeah, you're making it worse. You're you're killing the bees, you (laughs) avocado munching bastards. Like, you know, they they literally, and also because of technically it's not vegan avocados, because they have to travel the bees across California, which means they're not in their natural climate, which means they're technically not vegan. So there you go. So any vegans listening? Yeah, vegans, pay attention. There's some things that make me really kind of concerned for an extreme vegan mentality. So I did use the word extreme. Um, I know someone who was worried that their group would find out that... I know. I know you were used to say, yeah. 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 Worried us, wor- some was autistic and responded very well to horse riding, but she was so worried that her vegan group would find out she'd be outed. And I just yeah. think, hold on a second, working with animals is massively beneficial for the human race. What about blind people? Is a vegan going to turn around and say, actually, you can't have that guide dog because you're abusing yeah. that animal for your yeah. own gain? Actually, there's a symbiotic relationship between um, animal and owner there. It's they are working with each other. Yeah. If there's a bit yeah. of an animal, that's a completely different conversation. But working with animals, horses, yeah. I do ride horses, I haven't done it in a long time. They like to be ridden. They mm. do. Mm. They have this is the thing is that certain animals have a very good bond with human beings. I mean animals have bonds with, with other animals and things like that, but I I I know exactly who you talk about and I remember having the same conversation. Her, just basically saying I'm not being funny. She she was really worked up about it as well, wasn't she? Yeah. You know, she was like, oh, I, don't, I don't want my group to find out. And I was like, and she was talking about she's like the horse is going to retire soon, which means that they're either going to have to sell it or put it down. So she's like, I might buy it. And I was like, you need to calm down, like yeah. <clears throat> you know. But to be fair, I mean, I was never as extreme as her, but I was really really bad when I first came into it because again, like you get fed all this stuff you know, metaphorically, <laughs> that 
you know, <laughs> you, you cannot stop. You cannot stop climate change unless you start eating plants only. You know, um, there is but, always that uncontroversial way to stop try to reduce the demand that we put on the planet and <laughs> yeah. population control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, this it is because we we have too many people on this planet. Let yeah. alone food. We won't be allowed to have enough water to drink. You know, mm. when it gets to that point, that's seriously worrying. And yeah. I love having the, the arguments about space travel with the missus. She can't stand it. Why are we oh, trying to climb the moon or Mars? Because we're breeding the planet to extinction. We have to yeah. go elsewhere because Literally we can't have a choice. There yeah. is no natural balance with the world that we yeah. live in. That's seriously something to worry about. Yeah. Are you a big SpaceX fan then, Ed? Huh? You've, been following, you've been following the SpaceX stuff with Elon Musk. What yeah, been doing. love it. It's brilliant fun. First lockdown, yeah. when those satellites went over, I had a few beers and I was freaking out. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is this? What is these yeah. aliens? What's going over? <laughs> no, I've never yeah. seen satellites like this in formation. And then Googled it. I was yeah. like, brilliant. And I, I was fascinated by it. I think what he's doing there to bring the internet to the furthest reaches of the planet that don't have broadband that is just unbelievable technology well, he, today. He, he was he was on Joe Rogan. He was like, That's "Yeah, you amazing. can Wi-Fi the North Pole now." I was like, "Suck it!" Do you know what I mean? Like, he's <laughs> just like, "Yeah, I do what I want, man." Uh, like, you know, and uh, I mean, Virgin Media see, must be <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's funny you say that. I was because um, I was also watching, you know, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. So mm. he's he's got a space company as well called Blue Origin, right? Um, I don't know if you know about it. No. So Blue Origin, this is exactly, this is the problem. So <laughs> Blue Origin apparently started around the same time as SpaceX, but they didn't get any contracts. They lost their Pentagon contract. They lost their NASA contract. And SpaceX just keeps gobbling them up because yeah. they can land and reuse rockets now. You know, and that is just insane, the fact that you can do that. But, it's um, fascinating to watch them do it, yeah. But then again, when you come to, say, colonising another planet i mean i i've even thought about this is if this happens in my lifetime do we then need to start rethinking say for example the way like because just hypothetically we go to mars i mean your deadlift is going <laughs> to go up isn't it because the planet's smaller so you're going to be able to lift more you know yeah. so but i know i know where you're going mars. with this i know where you're going with this yeah where does food go like what's happening with all that we will need to completely um readjust how we we eat how we survive and it will be through growing plants soya based products because we won't be able to ship up you know animals to to farm and feed from the everything mm. will change massively how many decades it is down the line it, it might not be even our lifetime but that seed is being placed <laughs> i'll speak to yourself human behavior human habits me, will have to change <laughs> one yeah. for you to watch brad one for you to watch, Brad. Watch The Expanse on Amazon Video. The Expanse? The Expanse. It's a sci-fi program, and it is fascinating looking to about 200 years into the future. And that is all about colonizing Mars and other planets in our solar system. And I think it's not Europa. It's Ganymede. Ganymede is basically the food basket for the solar system. 
they just grow soya plants to feed everybody because population right. is so big, everything okay. is soya mm. or plant-based. That's really interesting. But this is this is the thing is, you know, you start looking into it and it just hurts your head. Like, you know, you hear that China is trying to militarize space. That's why NASA don't work with them. You know, yeah. you just even that. And then you hear about people trying to start companies to start mining in space. So we don't run so gold with, with them. You know, it's just it's crazy. The whole thing, I think, is just just insane. But, but that's yeah. I mean, that's in the realms of science fiction. No, that's science fact. You know, that yeah, will science be. Fact. The but, way that it you is, know, you know, the Olympic Games. Do you think Mars is going to be represented, or do you think we've broken down into different places? Like, <laughs> well, you know. at one point, if you're a Martian, you're born on Mars. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to represent another planet. Yeah, so, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be a nice tax yeah. haven as well, Mars. Keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much for the Cayman Islands. It's now Mars yeah. Island. <laughs> Story but going back to dietary, yeah, I mean, that's something I'm not completely against eating plant-based food. At the moment, I, lo I love a good burger. It's great fun. When they can master how to make synthetic meat and it doesn't cost $200,000 for a burger that's tasteless, yeah. and it's, you know, viable for Commonal Garden Joe to do it and you're reducing greenhouse emissions, you're re reducing methane emis emissions, we mm. can basically solve world hunger from that. I am all for it. But it's yeah, actually the quality of meat. It's funny, that came up in the news this morning. I was up at five this morning watching BBC News, and there was one lab that was growing leather and things like that just from uh, lab culture. And uh, he was literally he had this one little vial in his hand, and he said that out of this vial, he can make two hundred thousand miles worth of leather. That's hypothetically yeah. speaking. But again, again, that shows that whole thing that the technology's right. That's world hunger solved, and the quality yeah. of the meat will be better. And then, to be honest, as a vegan, you kind of lose a lot of the ethical stuff. Then it then comes down to does is meat good or bad for you just purely from a biological standpoint you know because mm. you then you take all the ethical and environmental stuff out of the way i think a lot of the time when the whole vegan versus non-vegan fight comes there's a lot of emotion behind it yeah so, so are you suggesting <laughs> then that vegans like a good argument and a good yeah. fight that's yeah. why they are vegans because they like yeah. arguing the toss with anybody yeah take yeah. that away yeah. from oh what do we do now I've, this is it. I've tamed down a lot, Ed. To be honest, I've done since I've got my head back in the books. I'm I'm happy. I'm still a vegan, but I sit there now and I'm just like, yeah, I can see it like the future now, and I think it's heading in the right direction. And I yeah. don't have a problem with lab grown meat, but I know so many people vegan just like, oh, still exploiting animals. Then I'm like, it's the same as <laughs> same, same then, as sheep. If the argument's going to get that stupid with them, you could just turn around. Do you drive a car? What yeah. do you mean? Petrol. Those poor yeah. dinosaurs that we are using to our own advantage. <laughs> do petrol for your car. But you could take that argument and be that stupid mm. in return. I think that's but, what really pisses yeah. me off with the majority of vegans I've interacted. Stop stop being so flipping lechery. Yeah. Don't don't try and lecture me about it. Come with an actual solid argument and be prepared to listen and maybe yeah. think are you on the right track? 
Um, yeah, and I think as well, it's not always black and white. There's grey areas. Like, this whole thing, you can't harm any animals. Have you seen a combine harvester? It's yeah. going to plough down a rabbit that gets true. in its way, and it's not going to know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah, I I just think um, a lot of the time, although I can, you can lower animal suffering, but yeah. you can't eliminate it. So let's not start being really unrealistic here. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but again, as well, like, um, you're um, different to other PCs as well, I'd say, in the sense yeah. that you just, you're happy to admit you like to drink. Whereas a lot of PCs are very proud on that, aren't they? You know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, that whole thing of just telling, like, being honest with people and things like that, has that always been part of you or did you realise quite it's early? Always, that... Yeah, it's always been the most important thing. There's nothing wrong with admitting. If someone asks you a question, it's like, I don't know the answer at the moment, but I'll go yeah. and do my research and I'll come back to you on that. Don't try and blag it. Don't try yeah. and lie to someone because they might take for gospel what you're saying is truth go and enact act on that piece of information you've given them and seriously hurt themselves and mm. it makes a better pt to continually push what they understand about the industry pick up a book open it read it learn something and then apply it so yeah. to tell a possible client you know that i'm not sure of that answer but i'll find out for you that's going to win respect as well I honestly feel you'll get respect from that person and there's more of a chance that actually they will possibly become a client being yeah. up front with them than lying and then them finding out that you're full of shit later on and that's your reputation destroyed. Yeah, yeah. It only takes one bad experience, doesn't it? Yeah. It only takes one bad experience, but yeah. Um, uh, Ray, have you got yeah, any other questions? Like, I was going to throw out a few quickfires of... at the end. With the nutritional side, like, do you feel that obviously, like yourself, I know you're quite honest and open. I'm quite honest, and open. Like you, just I sort of have that mentality of, you know, it's not ten people. It's a diet. It's just a lifestyle. It's a healthy lifestyle. It's kind of yes, you can have a drink. Yes, you can have a chocolate cake. And do you feel like some of this, there's a lot of PTs out there? Some of them that, not all of them, but they go to the extreme. Where there's a lot of celebrity PTs that say demonize sugar. You should not eat sugar ever. And I'm like, and you go and check yeah. out there. Yes, they have got the normal PC qualifications, but I just feel, yeah, because they've got such a massive um, sort of um, client base on celebrities, I won't name one of them, but they kind of, they've got the right, they've got that they can say what they want because their reputation is so enhanced. And I just feel, who, where do they get this? knowledge where do they get this theory from that yeah if you eat sugar you're gonna get fat i just don't and it's just it's just incredible yeah the new nutrition is the biggest minefield we know it's the most important part really of the training um and there's some pts mm -hmm. that have sold nutritional packages to people that you just turn around to the client and go, why have you paid money for that? All you need to do is eat, uh, eat rice and broccoli and a chicken breast <laughs> and you'll be great. That's not life. You cannot live no. every meal eating that boring shit all the time. 
Mm. This is another it links back to bodybuilders. We got taught that. We got taught that in nutrition, Ed, at at, um, college. We literally got taught, like, we were doing our whole things, and it was like, fill out this food diary. Uh, Eggs, rice and beans, broccoli. So fucking boring. Yeah. That's not real life. It's not sustainable. Yeah, if you want to do a crash diet, great, good for you. You're going to fall off the wagon, and it's going to bounce back really hard. Just make those little lifestyle changes. You know, um, one of my clients... He's counting his calories and it'll come to a Friday night. It's like, oh, should we get a takeaway? It's like, if I know I could do, but then I undo all the good work that I've done through the week and I'm preparing for this big event, this life event. So he's clever enough to go, I'd love that, but at the moment I can't because I have some, I have a goal to build for. And he yeah. just tracks his stuff through my fitness pal and it works wonderful for him. One of my clients that, uh, they actually shocked me and made me realize just how bad the masses are with their understanding of food. His breakfast was uh, a pea and a poo, a cup of coffee, a cup of cigarettes, and that was it. Then he was off to work. And he wouldn't have anything until it was about lunchtime and it was at a petrol station. It was a pasty or something. And I was like, have you ever thought about it? So he drove to work. Have you thought about boiling some eggs the night before and just eating some eggs hard boiled as you drive to work? What, could I do that? Yeah, you could. Or even easier. How yeah. about just eating an apple? Could I do that? Yes, you could. Could not understand just something so simple. Just a bit of nutrition, a bit of food, a bit of fuel yeah, to get your body I, I going. I think, Ed, as well, there's a lot and of... And he was um, the guy. A lot of people, um, you always hear, not just from regular gym goers, but people in general, they say they feel sick first thing in the morning. Eating. You hear that a hell of a lot. And that's their reason. Yeah. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm one for training early hours on an empty stomach. Because if I, if I eat when I get up and then I'm yeah. in the gym training half hour later, I'm probably going to throw up. I'm not going to mm. enjoy that training session. I will eat after I've done. But I'm up at six. I'm in the gym at half six to train. Yeah. But if you're not doing that kind of stuff, Breakfast is pretty important. My mm. Friday breakfast um, used to be steak and eggs when I had the ability to cook in the gym. And it was like, for breakfast. I went, why not? Yeah. Why not? What's wrong with that? And you, people would be shocked. Yeah. We are so conditioned that breakfast is a cereal that's fortified yeah. with iron and vitamins. And don't look at the per hundred grams, how many carbohydrates and sugars there are you just like it's ram full of sugar that's why it tastes so nice so mm. one it's thing funny you say that. yeah go on it's one, one thing i try and say to a lot of people i wouldn't say no sugar but per 100 gram serving if the sugar goes over 10 grams maybe steer away from it so you're trying to make healthier mm. choices by giving them a really simple set of rules to follow per 100 gram mm. serving if the sugar's over 10 grams maybe look somewhere else. And yeah. some people who want to know a bit more, yeah. look at the ingredients. If sugar is listed within the first three ingredients of a processed bar, leave it alone. Don't trust the name that says <laughs> healthy snack bar because it's bullshit. Because <laughs> they, they use they, fake words like, um, like eco-friendly being an example. Like, it doesn't mean anything. 
It's just an and then empty they'll slap yes. it as well. Oh, it's gluten free. Oh, it must be really good for me. Yeah, and yeah. Idiot, just yeah. fuck off. <laughs> it, it, guess, it, guess what? It, a, t- a tablespoon of sugar is also <laughs> gluten free. So, <laughs> just think of that. I'm very tough back for him. But yeah, nutrition is worrying. It is. It is a concern. That once again you go, is it the gym's responsibility to teach nutrition, or actually, is it the government's responsibility to legislate at a young yeah. age that we okay. learn home economics, we learn how to cook, we learn the good, bad food. Behavior brings behavior. If you've got parents or guardians or whatever that know shit yeah. all about food, they're only going to teach you shit all about food. Mm. It has to be legislated, it really does. Yeah, 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 and I think this is the this is the thing though. Is you, even school meals growing up, I remember in secondary school, school meals were pe- you had a Boy. choice of pizza or cheesy pasta. Yeah. Probably a lot better than me no the next day, probably. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure it was the old rhubarb and rhubarb and custard crumble wedge, probably, wasn't it? But... That's also the problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk about Ruby on Cast of the Show because my mum used to love that. Oh, she's bang on. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so, nutrition wise, for this couple, Brad, that weren't really sure about what they could or couldn't yeah. eat, like mm. a lot of people, do not have the time. We could argue yeah. that till the cows come home, but okay, you don't have time. You streamline things. So I built up a shopping list for them, and it was a step-by-step food guide, and all they had to do, click on what I had for them, hyperlinked into Tesco's, and it went to all their pre-chopped foods. They didn't have to do the food prep. It was already done for them. They just had to bung it all in and cook it. I hate food prep. It drives me mad. Yeah. I prefer to eat speed foods that's, easy to cook and nutritionally beneficial rather than getting it as a takeaway you can do it yourself that's effortless you just make sure that somebody else has done all the hard work pre-chopped for example yes there's a price paid to that but if you're saying you have no time to do the preparation here is your answer it's a way Mm. round you oh let's just get a takeaway yeah and this is the thing if you get takeaways and you say it's because you don't have time and all this kind of stuff. Takeaways are so expensive. You actually yeah. take that money and you bundle it all up. You could probably hire one of them people that, you know, the people that actually make your food, but for, for fitness reasons, um, like food preppers for that kind of stuff. Oh, so be, uh, customized meal prep. That's what it is. Customized meal prep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, literally. It's just a healthier version of a takeaway then, you know, because, again, they don't charge you that much more out of the arse. They no, charge think... a little bit more because, obviously, you're getting a personalised diet to you, and they are normally normally nutrition experts. I'm not going to say... Yeah, I think um, if I sort of... Like, like, um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, oh, nutrition. God, I can't remember the name of the company that Kelly Day yeah. sponsored by, but you are right. So a tub, like a Tupperware, a lunchbox size of, I don't know, a, a version of chicken and chips is definitely 
different than um, chicken and chips from the shop. So that in terms of that nutritional value, you're probably paying like McDonald's, obviously you're getting like the burger and chips and that is, you're talking about eight pounds, aren't you, for like McDonald's sort of food with a drink and you're paying the same equivalent, but a nutritional tape twist on it will cost you five pounds. So it's a no brainer really. Funny. So if these things continue to get bigger and bigger, the cost will the cost will come down, and then it's more accessible to people that say aren't elite sports individuals. You know, Common and Garden Joe can actually start looking at yeah. it. Let's be honest; it's advertised on TV at the moment. Gusto, yeah, you can do it. So it's starting to become more online, more mainstream, as it were, um, mm. rather than just oh, someone's meal prepping for me. So. For my competition, everything, all my macro diets, my macronutrients have been sorted out. Well, go to this gusto. You're getting all the food for you. You have to do a little bit of cooking, but use that with the family. Yeah, there's loads of them that yeah. simply fresh as well do the same thing. And you can select yeah. what you like, what you don't like. They just send you the food. You just got to cook it. Because we're all, most of us are a step that are doing that anyway. So do I. Who gets the yeah. uh, supermarket food delivered to them? I do. Well, actually, what's the difference there? Well, go to these guys. They're giving you the specific yeah. food, the specific ingredients, and there's no food waste as well. And you're eating yeah. really healthy. So, And a lot of these places try and go plastic-free as well, you know, being another thing. Right. Which so, is brilliant. I am all for that. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, we are starting. with the hour and a half in now. So, Ed, I'm going to give you quick-fire questions. You're ready for these. Right, okay. Biggest achievement? It's got to be my Guinness World Record, man. (laughs) Don't tell my kids that biggest achievement two kids. Guinness World Record is right up there. Guinness World Record over kids. Okay, then. Favourite piece of gym equipment? What's that? Favourite piece of gym equipment? Kettlebell. Kettlebell. Favourite colour? Blue. If you could get rid of one sport, what would it be? So I'm off. I'm off oh, this podcast. Oh, I'm gone. What would it be? Football. I'm sorry. Get rid of it. Oh. <laughs> hey, they're gonna <laughs> find that where you live, Ed. I'm with you. I totally agree. Your ass is mine. That is gonna cause anarchy. Right. I will. I will justify that. I will justify that answer really quickly. Football's a great yeah. sport, and yeah. I do love watching football and the technicality. But the fans that I know are really intelligent people and then watching a football game they yeah. turn into mindless fucking morons that's the bit corruption's not oh, great either yeah. But yeah uh if you wasn't a pt what would you be course what dream job yeah actor actor um most underrated piece of gym equipment i feel like you have the same answer on this most underrated. Yeah. I'd, can I say lifting platform? Yeah, why? Because <laughs> people see Just it. Just because that, straight... that gym group doesn't have one, is that why? It might be. They have them in some, but not in mine. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Ray, Ed has a bit of plywood, slides geez, it underneath geez. the squat frame, hands <laughs> on this bit of plywood. That's just lifting platform. Let's try to think why it's under. I think everyone everyone sees a lifting platform and just thinks that twat that splats 
chalk dust everywhere and grunts like an idiot with sniffing soles. No, take mm. all that away. And there's so much that you can do with a lifting platform for the stability, the benefits of squatting, deadlifting, Olympic lifting, you know. And a lot of people see it and just see, as I said, twats with chalk being splatted everywhere, <laughs> melted up, making so much noise. And you're like, you're a cock. <laughs> Uh, what's your favourite meal? Salt, man. Fish and chips, man. <laughs> fish and chips, nice and easy. You can't beat, I'm sorry, you can't beat the British yeah. fish and chips. Yeah. A bit of bad say it. We were talking about healthy nutrition, and I've just said... <laughs> <laughs> fish and fish and chips. But, oh, do you know what? All in Pissing in vinegar, just covered in vinegar. That's what I have. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, future sporting goals. Future sporting goals. Well, it would still be gymnastics wow. to actually try and do a round off double back somersault. I chicken wow. out all the time. Uh, I get the height. I've got the rotation, but I shit my pants and open up and kill the rotation. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely yeah. that. Or, or being able to do the splits again. I was going to mention that earlier because when we were talking about your lovely bits of equipment, how's your splits coming on? Because you bought that thing, didn't you, to help you do the splits? It is, it's torturous. They're getting better. Um, my flexibility isn't like what it was when I was a kid where I could sit straddle and chest on the ground. I'd love mm. to be able to get back. Actually, yeah, that would be ultimate goal, to be able to either do the splits again yeah. or sit straddle with chest on ground, chest on the floor. Your giant green pole, what's it called? And tell us about it. Z-Jacks. Z-Jacks. Now, that, yeah. that was something... Are... It's the worst name for a sporting product ever because it has no no connection to what you can do with it. So I a, forget a, the name of it every time. I've yeah, always forgotten Z-Jacks is a Canadian company that built it and quite a few years ago, and I saw it pop up and I was like, that's superb. You can use it for martial arts training, gymnastics training, dance training... Um, you can use it for act, act, actively stretching the muscles. There's so much you can do with it. And I thought we could bring it to the market in the UK and I'd call it my gym stick, rename mm. it. Unfortunately, manufacturing costs in the UK make it unviable. There was one company down, one gym group down, not gym group, it was an independent gym operator down south somewhere and they brought it to the market and it was a blue colour uh, wild training or something and i thought brilliant they're going to do something with it they could only sell it by selling a training package so you had a day down there and you learned how to use it and you got the stick as well because selling mm. it on its own the costs have just disappeared uh i don't I, think they make it anymore yeah i didn't believe you when you said they didn't make it anymore because you remember i actually looked into it didn't i i was ringing all the steel pipe companies all that just going like you know, can you do this? Because I remember you saying like it'd be a huge market because they are amazing. And when we yeah. get out of lockdown, yeah. I'd love you to try Ray and I these Sea Jacks because I used it, Ray. Oh. And like oh, a kettlebell, like a kettlebell, it looks easy. <laughs> it's really not. It's yeah, I've got eight yeah. of them, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a little class going then. All right, but, next but few, last that's where you could bring it to the market. A high end gym like David Lloyd or Nuffield, or even uh, boutique gyms that do pole dancing, 
uh, train, pole training, that would be perfect for them. And then it does aerial training because, one, it, you're not off a pole, so it's a bit safer because the first people doing it will fear the fall. And you can, it's so transportable. Works brilliant for boot camps as well because you can do proper pull-ups. Never seen a boot mm -hmm. camp that can do a pull-up unless they've got uh, suspension training, but there are all those problems there. So transportable, so much fun. And once again, freaks the <laughs> bodybuilders out because they do not know sod all about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's hard. And it's almost like you show me what was that, tra that full transition thing you've done. What's it called? The moon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you, you do like a 360 turnaround on the, on the, yeah. on the Z-Jacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Core strength yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah, true crazy. But like again, you wouldn't get that. You wouldn't be able to get your hands over your head if you just did a bodybuilder. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, your Instagram edge for people who want to find you personally. So me personally, uh, my Instagram still goes by Ed Blaber PT. My mm -hmm. project that I'm really that's kind of me and my own bits as well as PT. But the one that I'm really interested in pushing in is the kettlebell body fit so we're on instagram we're throwing some silly stuff on tiktok as well also called kettlebell body fit and our youtube channel is also called kettlebell body fit we are 55 subscribers for what we've been doing five weeks yeah when we get to 100 we can change the url but we need to get to a thousand before we start actually possibly monetizing it um yeah. and it's there to teach you how to use kettlebells, um, teach you some circuits. I've got mates that want to train with me that live up north in university. They're doing it and they're loving it, which is really important to me. So in the field, it's working. People can understand it. Kettlebell body fit is the main one. So that's on Instagram, that's on TikTok, and that's on the YouTube channel. And what's your business partner called? Uh, Kerry Spark. Kerry Spark. Brilliant. There we go. Um, yeah, so I mean, Ed, would you be interested in possibly doing a guest boot camp yeah. body compass? Get them kettlebells going, yeah, of course, mate. Absolutely, sweet. sweet. Oh, go. There you go, because yeah, like I say, Ray, you have not witnessed kettlebells like this. I was that's what I'm gonna do, yeah. It was like, um, have, Ray, have a look at the YouTube channel. Our first, uh, our first introductory video is a prime example of. Triplanar, yeah. triplanar-based kettlebell movement. So you're using in, moving in multiple planes of motion, in movement, having a laugh with kettlebells. What you can do, it's it's choreography, really, with a with a, a piece of fitness equipment. But it ticks the boxes. You're getting the cardio workout. You're getting your fat burn. You're getting your muscle uh, muscle building. Your strength conditioning. Yeah, it's just I love it. endless. I mean, I, your I your core will be so strong from doing kettlebells. That's what I love using. So, I, I... yeah, it's a real shock, real shock factor. Yeah. Um, right. Final question: If you had a million pounds and you could only put it into the fitness industry, what would you do? Start my own gym. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be very different from most gyms that you see. It would be along the, it would look more like a CrossFit style gym, but pretty much it would just be a without big the open, without the injury, more a big open <laughs> space with a bucket load of kettlebells, functional kit, 
and you can go in there. So you appeal to the free runners, trickers, martial arts, the stuff, the kind of guys out there that don't have a place really to practice their art. So mm. it, multifunctional stuff that would all be about gymnastics, free running, um, calisthenics. Love it. Everything but lifting. Everything but the bodybuilding. Thank yeah. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, fantastic. Ed, thank you very much, buddy. It's been amazing. Thank you I'm for inviting still, me on. I feel like I carry on talking, buddy, as always. But yeah, uh, got to cut yeah, us off at some you. point. Cheers, mate. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, been a pleasure. Been a pleasure, been guy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Ed. Take care yeah, thank you. Enjoy. Uh, take enjoy care. Rest of your weekend. We'll right. see and, and uh, you too, yeah, guys. Catch up after lockdown, mate. Take care. Take care. Hello.